0: Hello, and welcome to the Christ Church Cathedral podcast. This is the sermon from our past Sunday, recorded live from the cathedral. We hope these words will really speak to your heart and mind. Today's gospel, which we have just heard, the parable of the greedy farmer who built a bigger, bigger barns for his huge harvest, and then rested, self-satisfied, only to face death and the total loss of that wealth, indeed the loss of his soul, brought to mind, and this may seem a bit strange, but it brought to mind the Walt Disney comic book character of my childhood, and perhaps of yours, Scrooge McDuck. Do you remember Scrooge McDuck? And uh, and. He was Donald Duck's uncle and Huey, Dewey, and Louie's great uncle, the fabulously wealthy Scrooge McDuck. This Disney character emerged in 1947 as the United States moved towards post-war economic prosperity. My dominant memory of Uncle Scrooge in the comic books was his great swimming pool filled with gold and silver coins, into which he would dive, coming up with any coin, and being able to identify where he earned it. The biggest treasure was dime number one, the first coin he ever earned. A bit of research reveals that what I thought was a swimming pool was his money bin that first appeared in the comics in 1950. And indeed, the popular phrase, money bin, seems to have come from these comics. It was about the size of a city block and 12 stories high filled with gold and silver coins, with three cubic acres. It had a diving board on the tenth story, and a depth gauge, and a ladder up the side to get out after you dived in the golden coins. There is a surprisingly long Wikipedia entry on Scrooge McDuck. He has become a global cultural icon. He was a Scottish duck, wore a Tam O'Shanter hat, and spoke with a Scottish brogue reflecting popular views of Scottish thrift, perhaps patterned partly after Andrew Carnegie, or some perhaps worse Scottish capitalist. Economists have tried to calculate how much the money bin's stash of gold and silver coins would be worth today. And Scrooge McDuck remains at the top of the Forbes fictional 15. Like our greedy gospel farmer today, Scrooge McDuck is never penitent or self-critical about his massive wealth. He comments glowingly, what's the use of having eleven octillion dollars if I don't make a big noise about it? Unlike his earlier namesake, Dickens' Ebenezer Scrooge, and our parable millionaire today, there is never a reckoning, just more and more accumulation. Now, of course, it's possible to dismiss comic book characters as harmless fun or even humorous satire. There is that element. Yet we are socialized and gain our values, one way or another, in childhood. The message was certainly that accumulation of personal wealth was a good thing, lots of fun, like swimming in a swimming pool and something to be pursued. Uncle Scrooge only seems to accumulate He does not spend unless it would produce more money. He was always hunting for lost treasures and more wealth. He admitted to displacing African tribes to mine their land. Ostentatious display was all right, but not generosity. Indeed, nephew Donald is sometimes looked down on as inept because he cannot accumulate such money. And, and indeed, Uncle Scrooge would not even contribute to poor Goofy's wedding. I am struck that the same time I was reading and enjoying Uncle Scrooge and his wealth in the comics, I was attending Sunday school and hearing about Jesus and his unconditional love and generosity. And I am sure that was the experience of billions of other children of my generation. So it's no surprise that our views about the accumulation and sharing of wealth are sometimes a bit conflicted. I believe there is sometimes a bit of the Uncle Scrooge still in us—perhaps the purchase of a lottery ticket, or the visit to the casino or Las Vegas, or gloating satisfaction with our stock portfolio, or fascination with the rich and the famous on television and the social media. However, for us as Christians, today's gospel is clear and unambiguous. Accumulation of excessive wealth is dangerous for the soul and not to be encouraged. It is at least potentially greed. What might the wealthy farmer in the parable have done otherwise? He likely had many workers who quite possibly were not paid well. There were certainly many poor about. He could have shared the harvest. He might even have refused to harvest part of the crop, leaving it for wayfarers or as a kind of Sabbath—traditions in Hebrew scripture. Perhaps just a better attitude towards the wealth would have been acceptable. Building the bigger barns does not seem to have been the problem so much as the self-satisfaction and the self-congratulation that followed. The man exclaims to himself, And I will say to my soul, so you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. To this God responds, You fool, and death ensues. As Pope Francis is very fond of saying, the shroud has no pockets. And in today's epistle from Colossians, greed, which is also idolatry, is condemned as a lifestyle that needs to be put to death. For us as Christians, two of our default Christian behaviors and values are gratitude and generosity. They reflect God's unconditional love for us and for all of creation through Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. We are called to be thankful for our lives and for all of creation in its goodness and beauty. As God has been generous with us, we are called to be generous with one another and generous to God's creation. Acquisitive or possessive capitalism, in which our value as human beings, is based on our capacity to accumulate capital very much goes against these defaults of gratitude and generosity. Throughout Christian history, from the earliest days of the Church in the Book of Acts to the Desert Fathers and Desert Mothers, through other varieties of monasticism, especially St. Francis and the Franciscan tradition, through Christian socialist movements, through prophetic characters such as St. Dorothy Day and the Catholic Worker Movement, Christians have sought to distance themselves from ill-gotten wealth, greed that is idolatry, and live a simpler life of sharing and generosity. Anthropologists sometimes characterize societies as based either on accumulation or exchange. Many non-Western indigenous societies are based on the principle of exchange. There is an aphorism about oceanic societies. Every gift is an exchange. I remember visiting the Bishop of Polynesia once. His office was full of stacks of tapa cloth, bark cloth, and mats. He commented, "Don't think these are mine; they're about to be given away." And indeed, we have a tapa cloth, a bark cloth from an earlier Bishop of Polynesia, hanging near our back door. And every time I think of it, I think of that. See it, I think of that story. Everything is exchanged: food, wealth, people land, affection, everything. Giving and receiving is the expectation, and the person who does not participate is regarded as greedy or selfish. On the other hand, European societies are often based on the principle of accumulation, accumulation of wealth, land, possessions, friends, and so forth. One tragedy of the colonial encounter was that strong, accumulative Western societies seeking wealth, whether fur or gold or silver or land or whatever, meeting indigenous exchange societies, generous but expecting exchange and equality. Indigenous practices of the generous distribution of wealth, such as the potlatch, were suppressed as wasteful and undercutting possessive individualism. Indigenous practices of exchange were dismissed derisively as Indian giving. I remember learning that expression as a child, and many years later finally understand the background behind it. Alas, the destruction of exchange-based indigenous economies continues today as a rapacious capitalism seeks natural resources around the world, whether cobalt for our cell phones, hardwoods for our floors, or beef for our McDonald's, Today's gospel draws us away from acquisitive and possessive accumulation of wealth, to generosity, to living more simply, and I dare say to more exchange and less separation and competition. A few decades ago, a book, Small is Beautiful, briefly had some influence. I think it's a book that needs to be rediscovered. And there is that shaker line, which I've quoted before. It is a gift to be simple is a gift to be free. And even if we are only moderately wealthy, it is important to be engaged in generous Christian love to those who have not been able to, or perhaps do not want to, accumulate wealth. We are surrounded with opportunities on James Street North. Some of us have strong links with the Global South, where material poverty is still often the rule. And the only possible Christian response is a sharing of our wealth. But generosity and exchange should also be accompanied with friendship and relationship building. It's not just a cold financial transaction. Finally, our theologies are often very anthropomorphic, concerned only with human beings. God's generosity extends to all of creation, from the highest mountain to the smallest microbe. Greed and the excessive accumulation of wealth This does not just damage human beings. It damages creation. Even Mount Everest, it is said, is littered with trash. And the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Have anybody heard of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch? It weighs some 80,000 tons in the middle of the Pacific. And it's said to contain 1.8 trillion pieces of plastic 250 pieces of debris for every person in the world. So just as the gospel challenges us to look at our attitudes and practices towards the accumulation of wealth, it challenges us to look at our relations with creation and how much we are a part of its destruction. Do we need to use so much plastic? How many cars do we really need? How many electrical devices? How many new highways? How much urban expansion? How much more resource extraction? How much more luxury? Can we sometimes give nature a break? Now, to close, after weeks of very grim prophecies from the so-called Minor Prophets, today's reading from Hosea also speaks of God's generosity and unconditional love. God acts as a loving parent. Brung Israel and all nations into the divine reign. Again, we see generosity, openness, hospitality, forgiveness, not greed and selfishness. Again, we are reminded that our generosity is to reflect God's generosity and unconditional love. We are not to be called to be Uncle Scrooges or hyper-acquisitive greedy capitalists or polluters of the environment, but sharers with open hands and open hearts. When our hands tightly grasp some sort of material treasure, they become a fist, and we're ready to fight. But when our hands are open, we are peaceful and ready to share. May God grant us open hands always. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ Church Cathedral, audio editing and original theme by Eduardo Farias. We hope you join us again soon. Have a blessed day.